Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jessica Trostel. Jessica is a licensing and intellectual property associate with Colorado State University, also known as CSU Ventures. Prior to CSU Ventures, Jessica was a senior clinical trial coordinator for an investigational drug study for renal transplants, an extern in the technology transfer office and research assistant at the University of Colorado, as well as a patent agent clerk at Fagri Baker Daniels. Jessica has a BS in business administration from the University of Northern Colorado, a double BS in cellular, molecular, and developmental biology and biochemistry and a master's degree in intellectual property law from the University of Colorado at Boulder. Currently, while working full-time, Jessica is pursuing a master's degree in engineering at Colorado State University and studying to take the patent bar. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. Well, it's great having you on the podcast, Jessica. And I generally like to start these uh, sessions off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in Fort Collins at Colorado State University? Yeah, sure. So after I completed my undergraduate degrees in Boulder, I began working as a professional research assistant under uh, Dr. Gabriela Garcia. We focused on glomerulonephritis, And at the time, I was really interested in pursuing a PhD in immunology, actually. Um, And while reviewing several different programs, I found myself realizing that all the PIs and the postdocs that I knew at the university were just incredibly stressed out (laughs) all the time. I mean, these brilliant scientists couldn't find funding to save their lives. And so (laughs) I started getting really worried uh, for myself, and I began to research uh, funding opportunities um, and stumbled on the idea of intellectual property. I found that universities have tech transfer offices and serve to move innovation research into the public, which is the ultimate goal of all research scientists. So I jumped into intellectual property master's program at Boulder, and I just fell in love. So after I graduated, I tried to get into the law firm full time, but it was really difficult. So I went back to kidney research to try to sort everything out. And a lot of firms kept telling me that if I had an engineering degree, I would have an easier time getting into a law firm. So I signed up to get my master's in engineering and online at CSU while working full-time at Onshoots. And serendipitously, Steve Foster, who's one of our licensing directors, is a recurring lecturer in the biomedical engineering program. So he came in to introduce students to tech transfer. And when I saw his credentials, I called him immediately and asked him if we'd sit down and have a cup of coffee. And he agreed. And I asked him, how can I get into your office? What do I need to do? And I was really lucky because they were actually looking for an intern. So I quit my job at Onshoots, jumped in, knew it would happen soon as soon as I got my foot in the door, and it did. Now I'm here, and I've been here two years, and I really love it. 
And it was a, a difficult journey to get into tech transfer, wasn't it? You, it was something you wanted to do, but it was difficult, wasn't it? Oh my goodness, it was so difficult. You know, a lot of people don't really understand what tech transfer is. And at the time, even though I had an internship through my master's program with tech transfer, I just didn't realize the breadth of what it was and what it entailed. And so when I was at the law firm, I thought that the only way to pursue IP was being in a law firm. And I just couldn't get my foot in the door to be a permanent person in that office. And so when I was trying really hard to figure out how I could use all of the education I had and all of the different pieces that I cultivated, I just realized that tech transfer is where it was. You know, all of the different pieces of my background are perfect for tech transfer. And so trying to get in is <laughs> it's increasingly hard because these offices are just so small, right? In Colorado, I think we only have two tech transfer offices. No, maybe three. So two at Boulder or one at Boulder, one at Onshoots, and then one at um, CSU. And most of the other ones are just a one man show. Yep. So there are other positions who are allowed to you know, grow that, even though these universities desperately need them. Right. And so just trying to apply with everybody else trying to apply and get your foot in the door is really like really grueling. And I was really lucky when I talked to Steve Foster, he couldn't believe that I actually had experience in IP, that I'd actually done some tech transfer, that I understood all of like the processes. And he was like, I don't know how you can't get a job because you have more experience than most of the people we hire. So let's see if we can get you an internship. And um, one of my friends at Fakery called them and said, you got to hire this girl. Oh, that's awesome. Like, Thank you. <laughs> Everybody needs at least one friend like that. Oh, goodness. I was very lucky and I thank him every day. It was wonderful. Now, you're relatively new, like we said, to tech transfer, like two years. And working in a law firm is one thing. As as a patent agent clerk, I know you were. Um, it's very different. I'm a patent attorney in a firm. I would not have the first idea really how to do tech transfer in a university. So for you coming in, you had this internship. How have you been learning about tech transfer? Yeah. So the interesting part was because I worked at a university for so many years, I actually had a leg up because a lot of people who start in tech transfer didn't work in a university to start. So I had an idea of how um, most research is done, how the PIs work at benches, how they're looking for grant opportunities, and the overall structure of how research is actually done in a university setting. So having that with a little bit of IP, it was really easy for me to become a bit of a liaison between PIs and the tech transfer people. I understood both sides of how we were discussing it, what our goals were overall, and I could really see the different points of view. And thinking about how I learned a lot about what they do in tech transfer, I mean, understanding the IP piece is a different <laughs> different story, but the whole licensing. Exactly. It's a completely different game. I had no idea how that was done. I still am learning a lot about contracting, understanding what partners we should have, how we reach out to those partners, and just cultivating those relationships. And it's really interesting to figure out how to do that. And I, I generally just, you know, I started following around a lot of our LDs in our office, and I joined Autumn right out of the gate. I attended the Western Conference um, within like, I think two weeks of joining the office. And I saw that they had this huge program to help people 
learn about IP, learn about tech transfer, learn about licensing, and you can talk to literally anybody in the, in that organization. You can reach out to you know people at the top, at the bottom, and at law firms everywhere. And so it's a really great way to network and learn. And so that's exactly what they told me to do. They said, come to Autumn, come join. Um, you can see their webinars, you can go to their different courses, and you can just you know, follow us around. And so that's what I've been doing for, you know, as much as I can, a little bit different with COVID, but I'm working on it. And I actually was inspired to apply for their 2021 Howard Bremer Scholarship to see if I can get more of those networking opportunities and start to learn from people who are, you know, really in deep in tech transfer. Because I know that if they see that I am passionate and committed to this type of a profession, then I'm going to have a better chance of finding the right mentors. And I was lucky and I was awarded the scholarship for 2021. And I'm super pumped about it. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. And I, I'm looking forward to being able to see everyone at the conference this year, meet a lot of new mentors that I just really want to have the opportunity to dis- discuss this profession with. So... Now, what advice would you have for people who are looking to get into tech transfer, given all that you've gone through? (laughs) Oh, my. So in all honesty, it's really just don't give up. You really have to believe in yourself. I mean, I took the most convoluted route to get here. And each step brought me more perspective of uh, just being more well-rounded and trying to figure out where I wanted to be. And I genuinely believed that the various education I was getting was going to contribute to the the vision of the future that I wanted, right? And so I I now have such a breadth of knowledge that people come to me and ask me for advice where before people kept asking me what I was doing. You know, I was getting degrees in different corners and and following different professions and you know, all of those things have made me better at tech transfer. And I think that's great. I think that anyone who's interested in doing it, you just have to keep pushing forward. If, if you want to have a cup of coffee with somebody, please ask them. Always, always introduce yourself to people that you admire and professions that you want to be a part of. And you just don't give up. That's awesome advice. Thank you. Now, switching gears a little bit for our listeners who aren't familiar with CSU Ventures, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. Uh, CSU Ventures is a division of Colorado State University Research Foundation, or CSERF. And it's a tech transfer office for the CSU system. So we serve all of Colorado State campuses. That's Global, Pueblo, and Fort Collins. And we're responsible for the commercialization and the administration of the intellectual property developed at all of the CSU campuses. And which is common for land-grant universities, we are sit outside of the university. So we're not underneath CSU per se. So we are able to hold various assets, which includes IP. So, Jessica, you mentioned your office has about 12 people. Can you tell us a little bit about how it's structured? Yeah, sure. So we have um, three licensing directors, one patent manager, uh, one person who's our general counsel. So she is the person who looks over our contracts that are negotiated by our LDs, but she makes sure that she agrees with the languages um, for all of our deals and things. Uh, We have one business analytics manager, uh, two people who manage our new ventures, which we call Launchpad. And then we have one person focused on finance, one person who's the director of communication and outreach, myself and our president. Uh, We also have a cohort of about five to eight ambassadors every year that we teach about intellectual property and tech transfer, which are 
a bit similar to interns. We have them help with demo day that we run uh, on campus to get a lot more IDFs and poster sessions and things like that. Um, and I mean, larger offices have a far more specific roles, I would imagine. And so we all just kind of share a lot of those responsibilities and wear those hats together. So when it comes to like marketing and NCSs and those types of things, I help a lot of the LDs do those types of things, but we kind of are in charge of our own portfolios, right? So it's it's the idea that we have our own lanes, but we collaborate through the entirety of the process. I help with uh, filing our patents. I've helped with you know, building these marketing things. I help with some of our outreach. I help with the ambassador program. You know, we all need to be a very cohesive team to be able to take on so much IP. I would say so. And a quick question on your ambassadors are, those are, I'm assuming, students that come out of, do you take them out of the business school or a different school or where where do you get your ambassadors from? Yeah, so we actually allow any graduate student at the university to apply and it doesn't matter their field. So we try not to have too much overlap. If we have like five grad students from chemistry apply, we try to only take one or two so that we don't have all chemists. Um, I think this year we have at least one chemist, one biologist, a plant pathologist. We also have um, one, I think one person from business and we actually had a software. Oh, neat. Um, which was really neat. Yeah. It was new to our program. And we're like, we need you. This is great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, because some universities, they come out of the business school primarily and other places it's a mix like with you uh, here at Colorado State University. So it's always interesting to see where whether they're you call them interns or ambassadors, where exactly the tech transfer offices are, are drawing them from. Yeah, I, we, I think that we've decided that it's better to have a larger um, diversity within the group because we're using them as ambassadors to promote tech transfer, right? So if their ability is to have breadth across campus, you're going to get more IDFs from different departments. If they're all chemists, you're only going to get chemistry, which we get quite a bit of chemistry, actually, but we don't ever get software. So having the software guy was a really great contribution to our program. Yeah, a dual function there. Besides helping you guys out, they serve, and I think the name is appropriate here, they serve to, to kind of get the mission of the tech transfer out to those various departments or colleges within the university that they come from, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. And and that's the same thing too. So when we're trying to create more engagement with people outside, we're trying to get them to come to you know these keynote speakers that we have who want to talk about um, commercializing their own inventions from different universities or different um, avenues that tech transfers have taken to get those missions out into the public. And so it's really neat to have them go and talk to their PIs, to their peers and say, hey, are you going to go to that talk today? It's just that one person there that's like, oh, have you seen this? Come come join us. Come do this. You know? Absolutely. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about inventions and disclosures. Um, how many inventions would you say you've had disclosed to your office over the last five years? And how many patents would you say that you filed on? So over the past five years, we've had just about 560 disclosures with a steady increase every year. And last year, even with COVID, we still received 116 disclosures. Um, with patents, we are averaging approximately 140 patent applications filed a year, and we had an astounding 177 last year. So we wow. A ton. Yeah, and we average about 50 granted patents a year. That's great. 
Yeah. And last year we actually broke our record with 69. Congratulations. That's awesome. It's really exciting to see that year after year, even though we struggle to have more and more engagement, we're getting, you know, we're getting those numbers. We are increasing. And so we are making an impact here at CSU. You're definitely making an impact, it sounds like, when you see a trajectory like that. How about active licenses, would you say, that you've executed over the last five years? So we average about 35 new licenses every year. And so over the last five, we have over about 200. That's great. That's a good number. Yeah, definitely. It's. I'm actually surprised when I was looking at all these numbers, trying to figure out what it is that we average and where we're going. And um, on our website, you can see all of those different graphs for our reports. And you just see the steady, steady incline every year that we're going up. So we are making those hard deals and trying to get there. And it's really exciting to be a part of that and learn from people who, you know, they've been increasing every year. And so they're doing something different. And that's really great to learn from. Definitely, definitely. So Jessica, what do you think is the most important thing in managing innovations to have the greatest opportunity for success? That's a great question. So to me, I believe that open-mindedness in the application is definitely the greatest way to have success. So if you're focused on having your innovation for one very specific purpose, the odds of it making there are just generally lower. Because if you have the ability to transfer that idea into many different markets, you have the ability to impact so many different areas and you're going to get a lot more interest from a lot more partners. Completely agree. I think that's a really excellent point. Switching gears, let's talk about startups. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the startups that have come out of CSU Ventures? For sure. We we have a lot of different startups and great technologies that have been licensed from Colorado State and specifically two very different technologies come to mind, both in line with the overarching mission of Colorado State. As I said previously, we are a land-grant university, and that means that you're focused on dissemination of knowledge that provides practical education and innovations directly relevant and impactful to the daily lives of your community. So you're trying to help people not always globally, just right here, which means that that impact is going to be very different in different ways. So the first one I can think of is the startup that we had, Biopoly, and it's a license. They license a material invented by one of our mechanical engineers named Dr. Susan James. And the Biopoly material has been incorporated into various devices designed to replace damaged cartilage and help patients return to pain free and active lifestyles. And clinically, Biopoly devices have received their CE mark and are now available in Europe, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, Completely amazing. And so you just think that eventually these things are going to be in the U.S., so many different applications, and it's just an amazing uh, innovation, really. And then the second one I think of is actually an entire portfolio of technologies. And these were created um, for radar specifically. And so this portfolio has foundationally changed weather radar across the globe. These innovations have been implemented to not only save lives and property, but they've made it possible to better understand natural disaster weather events, can help predict these types of occurrences anywhere. And this technology isn't in one particular startup per se, but a lot of different companies are a part of this growing um, innovation, which is amazing. And so both of these examples to me stand out as the ultimate success of tech transfer. I mean, they both have made 
differences in people's lives and will continue to do for do so for a really long period of time. Yeah, and that second technology, that large portfolio of radar technologies, given what we're facing with climate change and what seems to be more severe weather at very strange times, I'm sure is having a tremendous impact, like you said, all over the world. Yeah, I think about that all the time. I mean, all of these crazy outbreaks and things like that with the fires and tsunamis and hurricanes. And the hardest part for scientists is just to be able to predict or understand, right? So with these amazing algorithms and the continuous scientific innovation in this area that continues to move forward, it just keeps getting better and better at these types of predictions. And it can save so many people. And like you said, the climate change is just, it's just a huge huge problem that we're all going to have to figure out how to manage. And, you know, with the right technology, you have a better chance. And especially in the middle part of the country where tornadoes in the summer are a huge problem and you just, you know, they're very hard to predict where they'll pop up. I'm, I'm sure that technology is probably saving so many lives. So that's amazing. That's the first thing that I always think of. Tornado Alley is just right out our back door over here. So that's awesome. So you mentioned your office has 12 people. So I would say maybe medium-sized office and you've had a lot of great success so far. Um, what would you say though are some of your office's biggest challenges? I think that um, because there's only 12 of us and we have a growing faculty and culture of innovation, it is really challenging to try to value these technologies appropriately and manage such a massive portfolio at the same time. So giving every innovation that comes to the door that care and passion and understand all the pieces. And so with increasing numbers every single year, it's really hard to make sure that we're doing all of them the justice they deserve. Um, I think we do a great job, but it's still hard, challenging, you know. Um, and second, I'm always surprised um, that people don't actually know what tech transfer is. I always think that's one of the greatest challenges for all tech transfer is to increase engagement with faculty in various departments um, who are honestly unaware of what IP is or the universities license IP out to, you know, different corporations. And so I think all tech transfer really needs to be a part of that baseline knowledge for incoming faculty or grad students that they understand what IP is, why technology matters to different corporations, because there are a many university technologies that are in everyday products all the time and you just don't realize it. And so having that ability to make sure that people know that we exist just generally <laughs> would be an amazing help. Yeah, it's amazing to me. A lot of my guests say the exact same thing. And you would think in this day and age on a university campus that tech transfer would be, well, better known maybe, but it's, it's interesting. There are still portions of um, uh, colleges on universities and departments that they still are very unfamiliar with the tech transfer office and all that it does and all that it provides. It's really interesting. It's it completely is mind boggling to me because I did work in research for so long. I worked um, at the bench for three years and I had never, ever heard of tech transfer ever. You know, we have um, professors come in from different universities. They talk about their amazing innovations and breakthroughs. And we do this every week. And I was on a medical campus. Right. So we're we're going through and talking to so many different people and so many different things. And I never heard the word IP ever. Like it's blown my mind. I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. And that seems particularly disturbing on a medical campus. 
Yeah. And that's what was so confusing. And I don't know if it had to do with, you know, the department. So we were a smaller lab, you know, with kidney research specifically. And I was, I worked directly with one PI and I was her only PRA. So there wasn't a lot of collaboration specifically outside of kidney for her, where I do know that the head of the division had innovations in talk to tech transfer. So it was confusing that the communication wasn't there, that you know, all of our lab meetings and discuss what tech, you know, we were, you're going to with your IDFs or if just promoting that idea. If you have something that's great and breakthrough or, you know, innovative, go talk to tech transfer. Or why didn't they come to our office every week just to, you know, talk about what tech transfer is once a month? That would be a great thing for Autumn to undertake and to come up with some type of survey that they could send out to PIs at all universities and kind of figure out where where the I don't want to say breakdown, but where the issue is, because it seems like if we can figure out where the key issues on that front and the communication and, and not being aware are. I think that would definitely help people and your colleagues in tech transfer offices with your level of engagement and probably make your lives a lot easier, too, because it's not like you have oodles of time to to try and go out and and always engage with with these types of people. That's that's true. That's it's really interesting to understand that some people a hundred percent know what tech transfer is, but they're such a small group of people. And is it because they don't realize that other people don't know? So they're just not really promoting it? Or what what is that? I, I don't understand. And so that's one of the things that we try to work on and in our office just generally is trying to figure out easier ways to engage so that people know we exist. You got to lower that bar, make it really, really hard for them not to know I exist. (laughs) Exactly. So Jessica, I always like to ask my guests about women inventors and entrepreneurs. Uh, Does Colorado State have any programs to encourage and assist women inventors and entrepreneurs? And if so, could you talk about those in a little bit of detail? Sure. So specifically with ventures, we don't have our own network. Um, but we do have the Women in Science Network at Colorado State. And one of the founders of BioPoly is actually our new vice provost of faculty affairs. And in that role, she's going to be focusing on building and enhancing a culture of innovation generally across campus, which inherently should inspire a lot of women in academia at Colorado State to focus on innovation, which is really exciting. Um, and further, she actually was accepted as an NAA fellow just this month. Awesome. Which we are so excited about because we're trying to build um, an NIA chapter here at Colorado State, which will help provide that focus of enhancing, you know, inclusion and diversity and just really lifting women up. So I'm excited that we'll be working with Dr. James over the next few years to really create that um, culture focused deliberately on innovation on campus. That's fantastic. Congratulations. So it's like you're well on your way there. We are trying. <laughs> So we've talked a little bit about Autumn when we were talking about how you got into tech transfer and you learned about tech transfer. Besides Autumn, um, what other organizations have you found to be helpful in learning more about tech transfer since you're relatively new to the field? Yeah, so being new, I really haven't branched out to very many organizations. I currently only belong to Autumn, but plan on focusing on, you know, being a part of those other organizations in the future. With COVID, I haven't been able to go and explore those events like we would have. You know, I've been to CBSA with um, a couple of our colleagues, and we went to the CBSA virtual event as well. So I think that 
over the next year or so, we're going to get back out there. We're going to go to those different things. And I know that some of my colleagues have been a part of a few different ones, and they all really support Autumn specifically. So that was the number one organization they wanted me to be a part of. Yeah. And it's real shame that this year, again, well, well, at least this year we're going virtual with Autumn, which is great. It's not going to be completely canceled like last year, but it'll be great the year after in 2022 when we're all able to to be together in person, hopefully knock on wood again. Yeah, it, it was really heartbreaking because this was going to be my first annual meeting. And so I was going to go see that and network with so many people. And I think that's when I would have been able to see what other organizations are out there because I imagine they also come to Autumn, right? So I thought that it would have been a really great introduction. You know, I'd only been in here about just under a year and a half the time. So, you know, nine nine months in quarantine, you're just kind of hanging out, not doing a lot, but trying to get out there, see the webinars. And so I've actually participated in a lot of different webinars uh, outside of Autumn, but they're not particularly the organizations that you would just jump into, right? They're just different universities who are having their different um, discussions and keynotes and those types of things. And so I've been reviewing a lot of those different things. So I'm excited to see if 2021 is going to be a lot more eye-opening. I hope so. Um, since you're new to tech transfer, uh, do you have any thoughts on credentialing things like the registered technology transfer professional, like the RTTP designation? Yeah, definitely. I actually think credentialing is great. I think it shows a commitment and a depth of knowledge. And having the RTTP attached to your name carries a lot of weight and inherently signifies that you've taken that time to develop your skills and in a lot of different pieces. Yeah, it shows that you have strategic and business insight entrepreneurial leadership, uh, legal and scientific know-how, and that you have the ability to effectively engage with partners for the purpose of bringing scientific innovation to everyday lives, which I think having that credentially highlights that tech transfer profession. And to your second point, does it make a difference? I think it can. I, I think that if you are willing to put in the time and effort for the RTTP, you show a depth of knowledge and commitment to not only your peers, but university and industry partners as well. So you have that that leg up to those greater opportunities by showing that commitment and that knowledge. Well, Jessica, I generally like to end the podcast by asking my guests if they had any three wishes or a vision that could be realized for Colorado State University, what would that be? Okay. <laughs> so if I could have my vision realized, what would it be? Well, so I believe with academic investigators, they're really focused on the mission to disseminate knowledge through scientific discovery, which is the goal of tech transfer. So generally speaking, my vision would be a more cohesive strategy in doing so. And I think that breaks down into three different concepts. One of communication, two of transparency, and three of opportunity, really. Uh, since joining CC Ventures, I focused entirely on increasing communication and transparency with not only our RPIs, but also with our community starting with our triage process and the accessibility of our licensing opportunities, which have really helped facilitate our inventor recognition, um, collaboration interests, and hopefully greater community interest and investment in Colorado State in the years to come. But that next step, that opportunity or that belief that there are innovation opportunities beyond that traditional patentability you know, um, I believe there's an entire ecosystem of innovation that does not fit within that box. But it takes a lot of commitment from both sides, engagement from your PIs and engagement from us to believe that, you know, maybe it's not patentable, but that it can impact other things. 
And so I think trying to create that opportunity and really understand the best way to develop it into licensable matter would be my vision for CSU. Well, that's an awesome vision and good luck. I have no doubt that you will get that realized. It might take a little bit of time, like all good visions do, but I think you're well on your way. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, Jessica, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Yeah, sure. They can send me an email. My email address is j.trostel, that's T-R-O-S-T-E-L, at colostate.edu. Great. Thanks so much again, Jessica. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.